Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just 2 bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. The Bible says we need to grow up. I love this verse. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. So we're to grow in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ is what it says. Now think about this. In the natural, a baby that has no appetite is considered seriously ill. And the same is true for a child that is not growing and is not developing normally. And immediate steps are taken to rectify the problem and restore health. And how is it that for the most part, there is no urgency in the body of Christ when we see the same thing happening in the life of an individual Christian or collectively in our churches? We're not becoming like the churches in the book of Acts. We're not changing We're not becoming more and more like Jesus. We're discouraged. We're defeated. We're depressed. We're disappointed. And I understand there's a season and there's a time when you're working through stuff. But after three years, after five years, after ten years, beloved, in humility and with deep compassion, I say, the root's got to go deeper. There's healing in Jesus. Jeremiah 17, 8 says that we, like a tree planted by the river, and no matter what it looks like, if there's drought, if there's famine, it it says that we will continue to bear fruit and our leaves will remain green because we're a tree that's planted by a river. The King James says they spread out their roots. The New Living says they have roots that reach deep. Because their roots reach deep, they stay vital and vibrant in all their ways. Healthy things grow and reproduce. Healthy things grow and reproduce. The church that is healthy, the Christian that is healthy, grows and reproduces. It's part of God's design for the kingdom. God has called us to a place of maturity. And I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all, all, did you hear that? Not some of us, all have come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of of the fullness of Christ himself. So God has given apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers not to do the ministry, but to equip you to do the ministry. And I'm going to break that down this morning, what it actually means. You see, there's no such thing as clergy and laity. You can't find that in the Bible. It's a human made distinction. We're all priests of God. We all have access to God. We're all anointed. We're all called. 
We all are ministers because the word minister is the Greek word diakonia, which literally means through serving, through having things in common, through sharing is what it literally means, through sharing. So when Peter says, such as I have, I give to you, he was saying, I am a diakonia. I'm sharing with you what God has given to me. And the gifts that God has given to you and the anointing that is on your life, if you learn to steward that, then you release that and you are a minister or a, literally the idea is a steward in that sense as well. You're a diakonia. Another word that is used is doulos, which is, I'm a bond slave. I'm a slave. It's sometimes translated servant, but it literally means a slave. I'm a slave of Christ is what Paul said. So we are servants and we're slaves. Wow. Jesus, when he was on the earth, became our example. When he washed the feet of his disciples, he came into that home and there was no one there to wash their feet, which was really an insult. It was not courtesy. And they came into the home and there was no one there to wash their feet. It was very dishonoring. So what did Jesus do? He took the role of the household slave and servant. The king of glory. And he washed dirty, dusty feet. Amazing. We're called to equip. Look at the analogy this way. On a sport team, you have trainers, you have coaches. But it's the team that wins the game. All I am is a trainer. All Lynn is is a trainer. We're part of the fivefold ministry of the ascension gifts, but we're not called to do all the ministry. We're called to equip the saints to do the ministry. And if you continue to read this, and we'll go into it in greater detail in the ensuing weeks, you'll see that in verse number 16 in particular, it says that the church will only grow, the body will only grow when each member is doing its part. So if all you are is a pew warmer that just rocks up on a Sunday or whenever, then you're not doing your part. You're not using your spiritual gifts. And you're hindering the growth of the body. You're hindering your personal growth, but you're also hindering the growth of other people. I've said it so many times. The way that people grow is not just directly through a download of the Holy Spirit, not just directly through reading the Scripture. As important as that is, you need your prayer time. You need that time of worship. You need to be in the Word of God. But you also grow as you walk in fellowship and communion with other believers. Over 40 times, we're told to one another. There's this thing called one anothering going on in the New Testament. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Comfort one another. So on and so forth. Over 40 times, and it's all, each incident, their commandments were to do to one another. And as we do that, then we grow. As I encourage someone... As I, you encourage me, then we both grow. It's the way that God has organized the church. And there are times, yes, when there is not someone around to encourage you. I get that. Very rarely, but typically the people that complain the most do the least. 
Now nobody loves me. If you want to be, have a friend, show yourself friendly. Yeah, well, no, you're not, but you're not in a connect group. You're not fellowshipping with other people. You don't come out. You don't make an effort, but you complain that no one's doing anything. The Bible says that we're to grow till we come to the place, unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, really knowing Jesus, really knowing Jesus. The word means personally and experientially. And then we grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The word that says we become a perfect man, I said this last week, is teleos. It means full-grown, an adult, a full-age, mature. It also means lacking nothing necessary for completeness. So you come to the point in your life where you're lacking nothing. You're complete. I reckon in three years under Jesus' ministry, they were mature. They were complete. But even then, they denied the Lord. They fled from him. But Jesus mentored them. He trained them as disciples. And when he released them in the third year after the Holy Spirit came, do you know what he actually did? He now ordained them as rabbis. They were now rabbis in their own right. The 12. Wow. Rabbis. Produce rabbis. Prophets produce prophets. That's why we need apostles, apostles, and so on. That's why we need the gifting activated so that we can release that, so that people can grow. Jesus invested in 12. He, there were more that he was mentoring and teaching as well, of course. But we're called to be a perfect man. You know what that means, a perfect man? It means we're like Jesus. We talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, walk like Jesus. We resemble Jesus. I said last week, mature disciples do three things. They worship the Father in spirit and truth. They walk with Jesus, and they do the works of the Spirit. That's what a mature disciple does. Hebrews 5 Someone who lives on milk as an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Did you see that? They don't know what to do what is right. In the Greek, it literally means they're inexperienced. They have no experience. Solid food is for those who are mature. Guess what word it is? Teleos. Through training. It says through the reason of exercising their senses or through the reason... You know, it literally says in other ones, so through training, they have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. The word in the Greek language translated through training there means through repetition, through doing something over and over and over again until it becomes a habit. When I took martial arts, that was the goal. The goal was when someone... Tried to do something, you didn't have to think, what am I going to do right now, right? Come on now, Daniel, son. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyagi, right? Daniel, you want to be my disciple? Yeah, yeah, teach me everything. Okay. Reaches in the bucket, hands him the sponge. Wash car. <laughs> what? Wash car. And Daniel looks at him, wash the car. 
How many? All of them. He washes the cars. And then he's like, wax on, wax off, right? And after a while, he comes out, no, 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 Daniel. Wax on, circle, wax off, right? Okay, all right, wow. What are you doing? Daniel, paint a fence. Paint a fence? You're not teaching me anything about martial arts. You're just making me your slave. Daniel, paint a fence. Right? Daniel, side to side. Daniel, sand the floor. And then you know at the end what happens, right? Daniel, paint the fence. So he's blocking the kicks. Right? Side to side, right? Sand the floor. He's blocking. So you see, everything that he was doing was literally creating it so that it became, after constant repetition, repetition, it became a habit. Daniel didn't even have to think about it. That's how he responded naturally. Thank you, Mr. Mayagi. You see, it's something that God is trying to do in us so that we respond naturally. When someone gives you that middle finger salute, right? Our natural response should be, God bless you. God bless you. When you hit your thumb with a hammer, your natural response should be, thank you, Jesus. Because Jesus said, the mouth speaks the overflow of the heart. So when we're like Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have cursed. Jesus wouldn't have told someone where to go except to the cross. That's about, you see, but there comes a point where we become so like him that it's natural for us to live like him. We're mature. And through training, constant repetition, wax on, wax off, we become like Jesus. The goal of discipleship is Christ-likeness. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is what? Perfectly trained would be like his teacher. The aspiration of the rabbi was that after he had perfectly trained the disciples, they would be like him. They would know what he knew, and they would live the way he lived. Perfectly trained. It's a very interesting word. It's kartotizo, and it literally means to mend or repair what has been broken or torn, to fit out, to equip, to put in order, to arrange, to adjust, to prepare, to strengthen, perfect, complete, make one what he ought to be. That's what the word means. If you're perfectly trained, you'll be repaired. If you're perfectly trained, you'll be equipped. If you're perfectly trained, you'll be prepared. If you're perfectly trained, you'll be made what you ought to be. It's a very interesting word. Now, look at Ephesians 4, going back again. Look at it in two different translations. In the New King James, it says the fivefold ministry of the ascension gifts is given for the equipping of the saints. It says in the New Living, to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. Who is to equip the fivefold ministry? Who's to do the work and build up the church? Who's to do the care? 
Who's to do the evangelism? Who's to do the outreach? Who's to do the discipleship and the mentoring? Not just the pastors or whomever. It's all of God's people. Now, the interesting thing is the word that is translated equipped there is the, uh, derived from the same word kartatizo. It's kartatismos. And it literally means to repair, to prepare, to make whole, and to, so that they're not lacking anything. It's the same idea. It can be translated to repair or to mend something. In this case, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, it says that when Jesus saw James and John in the boat with Zebedee, their father, they were mending their nets. It's kartatismos. They are mending, or kartatizo, they are mending their nets. Why do you mend a net? So you can put it in a shed. You can hang it up on the wall and say, look at my awesome net. Now, to use it to catch fish, right? All right. Jesus calls them. Notice this. He calls them to leave everything and follow him. Correct? So after Jesus calls them, they're mending their nets, and then he calls them, come and follow me. Be my disciple. I'm a rabbi, and I'm calling you to be my disciple. What do they do? It says they leave the, net, they leave the boat, and they leave their father. That's what it says. They leave the boat, and they leave their father. And the parallel account in Mark chapter 1, it says they leave their nets. It doesn't say about the boat or their father. It just says they leave their nets. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus is calling them to forsake all that had tied them down, including riches, relationships, in order to enter into the disciples' training process so that they would be equipped to become mature disciples who disciple others. When it says that they left their father, they left their boat, the word that is used can be translated, in, in a, and the application in Greek sometimes is of a man who divorces his wife. It also means to leave something because it's hindering you and it's preventing you from doing something more important. So what is it in our lives that hinders us from doing everything God has called us to do and being who he's called us to be? What is it? If there's something that's holding you back, if it's a relationship, if it's, if it's an addiction, if it's a sin in your life, if it's something else that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, then you need to leave it. You need to get a divorce from it so you can move on and do what God has called you to do because he has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you'll never be fulfilled until you engage yourself in that purpose and plan. And I recognize the word means repair, mend a torn net. Why do you mend a net? Because you want to catch fish with it, right? Why do they mend their nets? Okay, they went for fishing, brought their nets back. We've got to mend the net because we've got to go out again soon to catch more fish. So God's call to us is he realizes that before he can send us, he has to mend us. 
There's a place that he has to get us ready and prepare us. So for three years, the disciples are being prepared. They're being equipped. He's dealing with things in their heart. He's healing them. He's moving in their life. He's setting them free. He's delivering them, and he's helping them to understand their identity. He's liberating them from fear and, and from pain and, and from other issues that they were dealing with in their life because these were young men. Some scholars think that Peter was no more than 15 years of age and that the other guys were even younger than him. And Jesus calls them at that age. Peter, yes, it was very common if you're 15 to be married in that day. Very common. So here they are following Jesus, left everything, forsaken it all. to Follow the one who's going to change us, who's going to transform us. And he's going to do, do a work in us. He's going he's to mend the areas in our life that are broken and torn. And then he's going to prepare us. He's going to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. He's going to give us gifts. He's going to give us an anointing. He's going to show us how to, how to do what he did. He's going to teach us how to walk like he walked. And then he's going to send us out, and after three years, we're going to be rabbis. We're going to be rabbis. Now, today, we don't have rabbis in the Gentile church in that sense, right? But we still have teachers, which is basically the same thing. There's a lot we can learn. But think about this. What ends up happening? I love this. Luke chapter 5, first thing that takes place, Peter's fishing, doesn't catch anything. Jesus had been preaching, asked Peter, can I, sit, can I stand in your boat, push out? He preaches to the people. Have you caught anything? Don't. So go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. We're talking about the power of deep roots, aren't we? So if you want to see a miracle in your life, you've got to go out to where it's deeper. Go out to where it's deeper and cast in your net. But I've cast my net so many times. I've prayed and I've done this, and I've done that so many times, but it just didn't work. Well, then you need to go out where it's deeper. You know, Jesus, we know Jesus is a carpenter. They're fishermen, right? How dare you, a carpenter, tell us fishermen how to catch fish? Excuse me. We've been doing this for years. Go do your carpentry stuff, help someone else. But, nevertheless, just to get you off our backs, we'll do it. Just to be polite, we'll do it. We'll launch out into the deep. And then what happens? Wow. The nets are so full that the net, they begin to tear. The net tears. Very interesting. Sometimes we say the devil is in the details. Don't say that. God is in the details. You know, in Luke's gospel, chapter 21, is that it? All right. So in Luke chapter 21, this is three years later. What ends up happening is Jesus had died, he rose again, and he appears to his disciples. And John 21, he sees them fishing again. 
Now, remember, they already had a divorce from that. They weren't supposed to be doing that, right? But when you don't know what to do as a human being, our natural tendency is to go back to our past, to return to what we're familiar with. Well, I don't know what to do here. Jesus isn't with us anymore. You know, he provided for us miraculously all these three years. I don't know what we're going to do here. Peter's like, dude, we can always go fishing. And they're like high-fiving each other. Good idea, Peter. Let's get in the boat. And they go back, and they're fishing. And Jesus rocks up and like, children, do you have any food? First of all, he calls them children. And then... No, we don't have anything, Jesus. Well, let down your net on the right-hand side of the boat. The first time they were to go into the deep, this time he says, let down the net on the right-hand side of the boat. Right speaks of authority. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. and So he's saying, you're now in a place that after three years, you now have authority. And the word says that when they cast in the nets in the water this time, that they hauled in such an abundant catch of fish, 153 large fish, which St. Jerome says represents the nations of the world at that time. And when they brought in the fish net, this time it says the, the net did not break. Notice that. Now, why would God put the detail in these stories if it wasn't important? The first time the net broke, like, so what, God? They had better nets. I mean, <laughs> and it's, no, 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 no. This time the net didn't break because now I have cartizo them. Now I've mended them. Now I've repaired them and prepared them. Now they're ready to go catch fish, and they will experience their nets will not break. Amazing. You see, there's some of you, that's exactly where you're at. You're at a place of brokenness. You're at a place where things have been torn up in your life, and you don't know what to do, and, and you're in pain, and, and you're hurting, and you don't ever see how the plan of God will come to pass in your life. Well, I'm here to tell you that he is a God who will equip you, and that equipping process will take care of healing you, mending you, repairing you, and then preparing you for his purpose and plan so that you can go out and do what he's called you to do. Catch fish. Use your net. Don't put it on the wall. National Geographic did a documentary on a lion. They followed this one lion around, and this lion had been injured. He was wounded, and it looked like he was going to die. But they followed him. They wanted to see what would happen. They gave him food. They thought, well, perhaps if we give him food, he'll eat the food, he'll become stronger, and and he'll heal, but he wouldn't eat the food. He withdrew. But then after they left the food there, then ended up some hyenas, some jackals came around to try to steal the food from him. But as soon as they approached the lion, the lion would just let out this little roar. After time, they realized that there was something that was so powerful about the roar of this lion. It wasn't the, the roar that he had when he was a healthy lion. It wasn't near as strong, but it seemed to be even more effective than when he was healthy. And they found out that a lion who has been wounded and then has been healed and recovers 
Actually, his roar carries more authority and power than one that was healthy and had never been sick. His roar when he was healthy was a 100-meter radius, but after he had been sick and he was healed up again, they said now it literally carried for a 300-meter radius, and no one would come near him now for 300 meters. And I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter what the enemy's tried to do to you, how he's tried to kill, steal, and destroy your life. You may be wounded. You may be cast down. You may think you're not going to make it. But I'm telling you that if you put down your roots and you commit yourself to Jesus Christ, he'll bring you back. And this time, your roar will be even more powerful. Jesus is so good. He's so loving. He speaks truth, but he does it with such compassion. I believe I shared this story before, but I, wanted to, I felt the Lord wanted me to share it with you. About two and a half years ago, just before we moved to Australia, we were ministering in a church in Florida in the United States. A lady, a husband and wife, and actually they had, I think, two children with them, came into the building. The guy, he began to talk to me, and ended up that we were friends on Facebook. He was a pastor from Pakistan. And he ended up telling me that they were, they had fled Pakistan because the people were, there were people that were trying to kill him because he was a pastor. So they ended up fleeing to another country. Then they eventually went into Sweden. And then they got refugee status so that they could move to America. When... We were worshiping the Lord, and I got up to share the word. I had this strong prophetic word. I saw his wife, and I knew the Lord wanted me to speak to her. As I went over to pray for her, I had a vision. This is what I saw. I saw her dressed in her Indian garment, walking down a street like an American suburban street in a neighborhood in a community she was walking down there and as i in the vision i look and i see jesus is ahead of her and jesus is just radiating with this such love and peace and joy and jesus is walking and then he'd turn around and he'd look at her and he'd smile and he'd say come on come on And he said, take my hand. Come on. It's going to be good. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. But she wouldn't. And she was like digging in her heels. And she's like, I don't want to. No, I don't want to. And Jesus would walk again. And then he'd look back and she'd be moved a little bit. But she wouldn't come to where he was. And he'd say, come on. And he'd smile. And the love that was just emanating from him in this vision. This is like five-second vision I'm having. And then I said to her, Jesus, I said, Lord, what is this about? And the Lord said to me, she doesn't want to be here in America. I brought her here. I'm with her. She's digging in her heels. She doesn't want to stay here. She wants to go back home. But I brought her here, and she's resisting my will. I want her to walk with me, to know. And if she'll walk with me and she'll follow me and do what I've called and and respond to my call and my invitation, I'll give her such peace and joy and love. She didn't speak English, so I shared that, and the husband interpreted it, and the lady collapsed, weeping and crying because it was spot on. 
See, there are many of us today, that's what we're doing. He's calling us to follow him. He's saying, it's going to be so good. Give me everything. Don't resist. Do what I've called you to do. I want to be with you. Spend time in my presence. Spend time in my word. Begin to seek me. Follow me. Jesus said, where I am, there my servant is also. Go where I am. and You're going to experience such abundant love and blessing in your life. Follow him. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if you're not comfortable. Even if your flesh says, I don't want to do this. Just do it. Because he loves you. He's with you. And he's not going to let you down. You're going to be blessed. He's a good God. He's a good God. Let him repair you so he can prepare you. Let him pair, rep repair the torn nets so that he can send you out to do what he's called you to do. Will you be his disciple? Will you respond to Rabbi Jesus today? Say, yes, Lord, I'm not just going to be a believer. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to follow you. Put that video on, please. Can we stand together? We believe that God wants to bring revival to our lives. Revival means he wants to set us on fire. He wants to fill us with his spirit. Let's just bow our heads. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Drive less, save more. Ride Coda with the Transit app. Download today for a 450 credit. There's a new way to pay at Coda.